Welcome to the Friendly Moms Club podcast with Jen and Carly. We're the new mom friends you didn't know you needed. We are creating a safe space to bring moms together, lighten the heaviness, and find joy in the everyday moments. Together, we will share our own experiences of being new moms while navigating the topics we wish more people talked about. Join us every Monday to hear us skip the small talk and dive right into the uncomfortable. Happy Mom Day, Jen. Happy Mom Day, Carly. It's a beautiful day. Well, it's somewhat beautiful. It's quite smoky. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's so many wildfires happening. Not really close to us, but close enough that it's concerning. Yeah, quite like, close. Like hours away. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's not like... We're not in evacuation no, zones no, 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 or anything no, no, no. like that, no, but... It's hitting close to home. Yeah. We're very worried about our fellow BC interior yeah. folks. Yeah. I mean, there's more fires happening too up north, like in northern Canada oh, too. And okay. they're getting really bad and people have been evacuated and they're also losing homes. So it's not just Kelowna no. and, and the interior fires. Maui has, yeah. like there's so many things happening right now around the world that it's very mm-hmm. sad. So yeah. Very sad. Climate control. Yeah. That issue is real. You said you had something you wanted I to do. talk about this I morning. I do. So I was listening to a podcast this morning. It was actually the first time I ever listened to it. Um, it's by it's called Quitted by Holly Whitaker and Emily McDowell, yeah. you said? Yeah. So they were talking about underpanties. And one of the girls... Underpanties? Underpanties. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say underpanties. Well, okay. there's panties and underwear, mm-hmm. undies. I'm usually an undie gal. That's what I call it. Yeah, I call them undies too. Yeah. I've just never heard of underpanties. Well, that we're. I think that's new. We're <laughs> I think you made that up. Okay. Okay, I'm, pr- I'm pretty original. Yeah, yeah. So one of the gals was saying she wore the same clothes as the day before, but changed her underwear. And then the other girl was saying, "Well, I don't wear underwear." So, mm-hmm. and then it got me thinking, like, if you were, like, if you're not an underwear person, and then you get pregnant, do you change that? Because pregnancy is swampy. <laughs> it's a. Uh... No, like so I mean, you, you are you an underwear gal? No. Oh. I, no, and I'm still not an underwear person, but I so do you're not agree. wearing underwear right now? No. <gasps> but I do agree that in pregnancy and some, like, at a certain point in pregnancy and a certain point postpartum, you have to wear underwear. Yeah, I think it's Because it is Logistics. Just, <laughs> but at this point, it's not that swampy. So, I mean, hmm. all's good. Hmm. But, like, I agree, I agree that, yes, so, at one point, you do need to just wear underwear, and I just have to deal with it. I don't like washing pants, and I will wear them endlessly. Until there's like visible stains that I can't get out with a baby wipe. So do you have to wash your pants all the time then? Because like your pants are now your underpants. Yeah, you can't wear them that often because, yeah. But then what if you wear your pants like you can't wear, you wear them more than once? Yeah. I guess it's not like in there the way that underwear is. Underwear is up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, depending on the type of underwear you wear. All underwear is up there but, for me. okay, so like... It's not just a personal preference. It's also health reasons. Yeah, yeah, for you. Like, there's a little bit more to why I don't wear underwear, and I need a lot of airflow, and I need to wear not tight-fitting pants. Uh, You could wear crotchless panties. I mean, what would be the point? Really, honestly, it would just piss me off, like, feeling things on my, like, on my, you know, on my hips. I would not enjoy that. And so, yeah, I have to wear, like, loose pants, and not wearing underwear is beneficial for health reasons. So. I mean, yeah. a little bit of personal preference and a little bit of It's not a comfort reasons. thing. But some people don't wear them because they just don't like them. And I just, I don't know. I'm an underwear gal. Mm. I don't know if I've ever gone, what's it called? Not commando. There's a funny name for it. Commando is a name for it. I don't know any There's other name for one. it. a funny one. Yeah, it's going to come to me tonight when I'm sleeping. Okay. I'll be like, that's what it's called when you don't wear underwear. But yeah, interesting. But you so, have a good point. You do need to wear underwear at some point in your pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah. 
And if you're pregnant and you're going to the hospital, please don't wear a thong. I mean, if you're early on, that's fine. But if you go mm. in and you're like, oh, I think my water broke. People show up in thongs and we like give them these, like the pads are not small. They're like literally bigger yes. than your head. And then they're wearing like a G string. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even think any of my thongs fit when I was that mm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be able to fit in any of them anyways. So mm-hmm. I mean, Nick's yeah. high-rise Nick's, underwear say, are... Nick's are the... And the leak-proof, too, so it, yeah, it absorbs all that stuff, and yeah. it's room for the pets. Yeah. The, the Nick's best. underwear are the only ones that fit me from, like, beginning to end of pregnancy to postpartum. Yeah. All others, they either, like, stretched and got so many holes in them or just, like, didn't fit. So yeah. That's Nick's, right. I did wear the Nick's yeah. all, all throughout. Yeah. Shameless plug for the old Nixies. Yeah, they're great. Okay, what okay, are we talking about today, today, Jen? Today is milestones, which mm-hmm. just saying the word already causes me stress. I know, because makes me want to throw up. It is just an uncomfortable topic, and it for a lot of moms, it causes a lot of stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why we wanted to talk about it today. Definitely. There's a lot of, like, even just bringing up milestones, it's like it... It hits you in the gut. Like yeah. it's a reflection of your parenting and ability to parent and ability to like yes. make children, but it's not. No. But and so every many bo- of us and every baby is it. unique. Every baby's unique. Yeah. So before we go on to the whole, uh, the whole milestone chat, we just want to yes. say we want to hold space for mamas that this is very triggering for, or anybody who has experienced challenges in this area, mm-hmm. either with like a suspected or confirmed delay, like a developmental delay. Um, and it is not meeting milestones is not a reflection of your parenting no. at all. And like Jen said, every baby is so different emotionally, physically. Yeah. There's nothing wrong if your baby is or your kid is meeting milestones differently. They're just yes. guidelines. And yes. the same way that every brain works differently and every body moves and functions differently yes. and they all look different. And everyone has a yeah. very unique timeline that's just for them. And Definitely. it's very easy to get caught up in, they need to know this by this age, this age, mm-hmm. this age, they need to do this, they need to do this. But there's this meme and we talk about it all the time. And it's something that I remind myself is like, mm-hmm. by the time a certain point in life comes around, like the meme is about kindergarten that you don't actually know who was breastfed, who rolled first, who crawled first, who walked first. Like none of that matters. Like that what matters is that they're going and they're going to learn and they're all there. Like Definitely. it's- I've- yeah. For sure. We're actually, and I think that meme ends in, they're all going to eat fries off the floor anyways. A different meme, but yes. yes. Those and are the two slides that yes. come together. The breastfed, formula fed, and the two slides meet together of like, they're all, all yes. going to eat McDonald's french fries off the floor. All of our true. babies are eating puffs off the floor already. Yes. Floor yeah. puffs are Henry's totally. favorites. Yeah. I was also going to say, the milestone chat and just like having babies kind of on a schedule and timeline yes. is very rooted in like ableism and our society and sexism and racism and all of that. We're not going to get into that today, but that's like, there's a whole political side to it too. Stressing about them can be so scary and isolating and just so stressful for those moms and dads and parents that it can rob you of your joy in parenthood. Totally. And sometimes you won't even want to leave the house. Like you're not going to go out with your mom friends anymore because if all they're doing is talking about like, oh, he rolled over today. Oh, Mm -hmm. she rolled over this time. She rolled over then. And you're like, well, crap, like my baby hasn't rolled over. And then you start feeling embarrassed or shamed or like you're not doing good enough as a mom because they're not meeting this threshold or this, you know, milestone. And then you stop going to these events because you don't want to hear those conversations, which I don't blame you for. But then that also doesn't help your stress and anxiety if you stop going and spending time with these people and isolating. It's just this terrible cycle, right? When you start to feel these thoughts and you start avoiding other people and avoiding other moms of other babies and you just 
kind of avoid the topic, that's also not healthy either. So for sure. And you can do that with so many things, with sleep, mm-hmm. with feeding, with yes. all of it. We don't want you to isolate yourself. Yes. Um, but the reason we do want to talk about this milestones today is not to like trigger you or stress you out or yes. make you feel like you're not doing enough, but we just want to talk about it to normalize that. Like it's yes. normal to, well, like it's very common to stress and be worried and concerned. Yes. And it's also like quite common for them not to follow like the linear progression totally. and sometimes we'll do some early and some late mm-hmm. um we have a mom friend whose baby started sleeping through the night at eight weeks but then yes. didn't get a tooth until like 10 months and like neither yeah. of those are a reflection on him her as mom or him as a baby but yeah. i yeah it was just i mean just great him. that he slept early and then he yeah. just didn't get a tooth till later and like yeah. whereas jordan got her first tooth like before five months old so mm-hmm. And then she didn't sleep through the night until recently. (laughs) So, I mean, every baby is so different, but they're all growing and they're happy and healthy. And that's what matters. So it's we're going to actually go through in some of our friend group. We reached out and we wanted to um, just see when what what are the actual months? Like, can you remember and write down the months for these specific milestones? And what we saw was that there's a huge range. It's normally months of a range that any baby reached a milestone. And so when you actually look at the chart of when they should hit this milestone, and then you look at us and our chart of our friend group of when they were hitting milestones, it, they don't compare. They're not the same. No. No, it's just a point of like, as long as your baby is developing and growing at their own rate, like that is good. Don't stress too much about that time-specific chart chart that you can find online. Because even everywhere you look online, the times are different. Totally. We and could Google it five times and give five different answers of when they're supposed to get their first tooth or when they're supposed to say their first word. It's different on every site you look. For sure. Yeah. Um, so before we move on, we just kind of to sum it up, we want to talk about this today. So if you do have concerns, you can reach out and get the support that you do need, either for yourself, if you're stressed, or actually for your child, if you have concerns yeah. about their development. I mean, often they will ask you in doctor's appointments, like they don't ask you kind of specific. I find mm-hmm. my doctor asks in like roundabout ways. And I like that because she's not putting specific emphasis on one specific milestone. She just kind of asks like, Generally. What is she doing these days? Like, what kinds of things does she like to play with? And, you know, and then she might ask a specific question if she needs to, but I like the way she words it. But, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of do little check-ins for you to make sure things are progressing. And only if they're really concerned are they going to say something. So as long as you're answering those questions, your child is growing and they're learning new things. For sure. You're good to go. Try not to stress. I know it's so much easier said than done. And we both have had several stressors about this and messages in our group chats about like, Guys, I don't know. I don't know. Henry isn't doing this yet. And Jordan just did this. And I don't know. Is that okay? And we all stress about it. But we just recognize that it's not the healthiest to stress about it. So we just wanted to go through some of that today. So So, why don't you give us the definition of a milestone? So we looked it up on the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. They have a nice little, very succinct definition. Yeah. So developmental milestones are things most children can do by a certain age. That's it. So children reach milestones and how they play, how they learn, they speak, they act, and how they move. So essentially it's a timeline. There are so many different milestones too. If you get into it, like, yeah, how they speak, how they act, how they learn, like there's so many different types that when you look up the charts, it gets very overwhelming. So I don't actually recommend looking up the charts. Answer your doctors or your healthcare professionals questions, like make sure that they're growing and learning new things. And try not to get too caught up in all of these charts and, you know, writing down specifics of when they're doing things. It just gets too much. It does get too much. So let's talk about, we did a little survey. We're scientists now, researchers (laughs) in our friend group. Just, what was there, like six of them that we asked? Yeah. 
And just to get like anecdotally a little information about the ranges. So why yes. don't you tell us about the ranges in our friend groups? Okay. So the first one we did was when did they get their first tooth? And so for in our friend group, it ranged from four and a half months old to 11 months 11, old. 11, yeah. So that's a huge range, right? Like that's six months, over six months of a difference. Definitely. And Jordan got like seven teeth by the time she was probably six months old. So it's like seven teeth by six months old. And some babies didn't get even one till 11. Yeah. So that like, that's a huge, huge different range. Henry had eight by the time he was 10 months. So before even yeah. they had one. I know. Like how can you... And so the, the recommended range on this is about six to 10 months is when they get their first tooth. Okay. So a month and a half before the recommended range, one of the babies got a tooth. Hmm. So it just goes to show you that it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. And then the range is six to 10, I believe, for a first tooth. And again, we know someone who had their first tooth at 11 months. Yeah. Does he, it matter? Is he like... He's not delayed. He's, he's not delayed. He he's a happy baby. Like he's yeah. happy as can be. Like, I mean, there's a positive of this. You didn't have to deal with teething for 11 months. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to all of these things, but that's just a big range. So For sure. Yeah. What's so the next one? So rolling is the next one. Um, the internet's kind of vague on this one. It just kind of says they can roll both directions around by six months. Yes. And our range was huge. It was three and a half to seven months. So yeah. Henry started rolling one way around like four months, but then he didn't roll front to back. No, back to front until he was seven months old to the point that like I was actually getting concerned. I was like, he's never going to roll. He's never going to do it. He was such a potato. And then one day he started and now I can't stop him. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Yeah. And Jordan rolled three. She was three weeks old the first time she rolled over. And I was like, well, <laughs> did she roll over? We were filming it. And we're like, can you believe it? She's rolling over. And we actually took her to the chiropractor and we were taking her for the tongue tie and other reasons. And we told her and we showed her and she did it at the chiropractor. And she's like, that's not actually rolling over. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you mean? She rolled over. She said, it's just because of tension. Like birth can be a very traumatic process on babies. And, and the tongue tie. And the tongue tie and different things. And so developmentally, they can get a lot of stress and like muscular um, like tension yeah. and things going on. So she's like, her body is just so tense that like she just kind of flopped her head one way and her whole body rolled with it. Yeah. And so she's there like, was this no looseness. This doesn't actually count. She didn't intentionally roll. Like she didn't know the mechanics of it. And so- we don't count the three weeks old, but she did roll at three weeks. I and think then, we should count it. So she it was about it. three and a half months when she actually knew how to roll for like, like actually using it properly, like techniques, I guess. Yeah. I just realized so. you're wearing the maternity shirt that I wore all the time with Henry. I am wearing and your it's bringing maternity back shirt. All the joys. That's great. Um, I put that thing to good use. Okay. The next one is sitting unassisted. Mm -hmm. So for in our group, it was five to six and a half months. Yeah. And which is actually before it's on the recommended range is seven months. Oh, interesting. So almost all the babies could sit unassisted before the recommended range. Again, we're not saying your baby needs to or if no. they do it after. And we're, we're just trying to show that what is recommended and what we saw in our friend group are just two totally different yeah. things. For sure. Yeah. And then crawling. We also had a big range here. Yeah. So... The interwebs say around nine months, yeah. and we had a range from six to ten and a half months. Yeah. Which feels like a huge gap because from six months to ten and a half months, there's so much development. Yeah. But even at crawling at ten and a half months isn't considered like delayed in any way. No. 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 And that was actually the biggest baby of the group. So like 
poor guy, he's got a lot to carry around. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just so many different reasons. Yeah. So standing furniture walking, again, the chart says that about 12 months, hmm. and we saw 7 to 11 months. So a lot of them were walking beforehand. And I know I've also read online that gender plays a role yes. in like their ability to walk and when they walk. Girls in their develop timelines. faster. Apparently girls, yeah, they end up walking faster than boys do for whatever reason. And we did see that in our group, that all of the girls seem to yes. uh, hit the physical, like the motor milestones sooner. Yes. All of the other ones, um, were kind of just yeah. averages, but the girls were crawling first. They were sitting first. They were yeah. the ones that are walking. That are, is true. Yeah. yeah. It, for it's sure. just interesting. And then yeah. first steps, a lot of them have not done it yet. Yeah. Like the earliest is about 11 months. Um, Jordan is just starting to do it now. And I think she's mm-hmm. one of the only ones. I think Mel Mel's taken a few. Okay. And Noah, Mel Mel but he's and over Noah's one. starting yeah. too. But a lot of it is 11 plus months and still as a year old, still not yeah. taking their first steps. Yeah. Fun fact, I was not walking. My mom says running at eight and a half months old. Which so, is insane. It says ab- here, 12 months absolutely online. Absolutely insane. So how insane. could you have ran at eight and a half months? You know what? And the thing is, like, she's not lying because, like, she doesn't give a crap. Like, she doesn't care. <laughs> what but, did she gain from lying about exactly. that fun fact? And, like, people always say, like, oh, yeah, my kid was walking at this age and, like, most of the time people are exaggerating a little bit. And I asked her the other day, I was like, actually, when was I walking? I think she said just after eight months is when I started taking steps. And she said that I just didn't walk. I just like learned. And then I just started sprinting. And you know what? Eight and a half months and I have not stopped moving since. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Um, Can you imagine? No, I could could not imagine. I can't even. No. Bless our kids for not doing that. Yes. Um, What's next? So first (laughs) First word, word. first word. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's around 12 months is the recommended or suggested milestone yeah. age. Um, and we saw a huge range of five months to still not doing this at almost a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just now thinking that Jordan is actually saying Dada and like knows what she's saying. Yeah, like being intentional. Because she always made noises and like, what's Sounds. the term? Like babbling. 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 Yeah. She'd always babble, but like it was nonsense. And I don't yeah. think she knew what she was saying. She was just making different noises. But now she's being a bit more intentional with it and like doing it in the correct time. So we're like, okay, I think I think we're going to count this as our first word as dada. But it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge range. The internet does say around a year is when they start applying meaning to those words. Yes. So Henry likes to do this thing where I'm like, can you say mama? And he goes, da, 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 da. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not counting that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't know. It's just a fair. fun sound. Um, okay, these two I added in here because I was mad. Mm-hmm. I watched Miss Rachel <laughs> and I saw it. it was on a Miss Rachel one. I don't know which video, but it said on there clapping was a nine month milestone. And I was like, holy crap, my daughter's 11 months and there's she's not anywhere close to clapping. Like we've never put a lot of effort into it, but like she doesn't do it. And then I freaked out that we were delayed and I'm behind <laughs> and I'm a bad mom because I didn't work on this with her. And I should have known that this should have been a nine month. Mi-. Like I just went down the rabbit hole. As we um, do. So we looked, and a lot of babies, A, aren't clapping or waving yet, and then some of them started around eight or nine months. And online, it says around 11 months old mm-hmm. is what we actually found. So Miss Rachel was actually wrong. She's just keen. I mean, I like Miss Rachel. Jordan likes Miss Rachel, but this was wrong. Maybe the Miss Rachel babies clap sooner because <laughs> Maybe she's teaching they're them. special. Yeah. yeah. But we found, yeah, it was around eight and a half months that a couple of them started clapping and waving. But generally speaking, it was closer to a year that they actually started clapping and waving, yeah. like consistently and knowing what they were doing. Yeah. So. I mean, Henry, well, he just started doing it one day. He was like clapping. And I'm like, I didn't teach him that. And so I was like, 
maybe he's just doing it because it's fun, but he'll do it if you yeah. do it. And then same with waving. I was waving bye to somebody and he just starts waving. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like maybe he's been watching, but yeah. I've never been like, we wave goodbye. So they, here I am every day. I'm like, Jordan, <laughs> clap, clap. And I look like an idiot every day. I take stuffed animals and I clap their hands. And still she just looks at me and She's like, like, mom, stop. I will we do have it, it twice when I want. Now. She's actually clapped, but it's. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to come by. And, yeah. and, and that same just with shows waving, it. we work on it really hard, and she still doesn't really want to do it. Yet all these other things, she was one of the first to yeah. do, and these things she doesn't seem to want to do. So, like, Mom, I don't want to do fine motor skills. I only do yes. gross motor skills. Yes, that's all she wants. <laughs> I think she just really wants to work on walking right now, so yeah. that's her biggest focus. But but that just shows that the effort you put in to try, and like the effort and stress you put in to try to get yes. them to meet milestones doesn't always come out in them actually doing them yes at all so hopefully that just kind of showed like yes there can be all these charts and you can look at them but it can all just be bs too like Mm -hmm. none of it's super accurate there's huge ranges of six plus months in between some babies differences of when they learn things i think for my my sister my cousin sister's baby i think she didn't roll over till she was like close to a year or something like that like she was very delayed um comparatively to jordan and so it was just very weird seeing the differences. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with my niece. She is a happy, healthy, crazy, full of energy child. And, like, but she just didn't want to move. She was just a potato. She liked just laying just there. Just like Henry. He was so, having fun. Yeah. Yeah. So for some of the milestones, like, you can't will your way into them getting a tooth no. or will your way into them sleeping, as yes. we've learned. Yes. But there are some things you can actually do to... I don't want to like to encourage motor development and also to prevent delays that are preventable. So some delays aren't preventable, but there are babies who will have delays because they don't spend time on the floor. They spend too long in like the baby containers and that we're not saying they're bad in any way. We love them, but there are things you can do to just encourage their development. So we're going to kind of talk about some of those things and they're not things that we like had to time or like, you don't have to kill yourself doing these. Like you just, things, yeah, things to think of, things yeah. to keep in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. The first one being tummy time to actually start it as soon as you can. And yeah. they say like day one from the hospital, you can start tummy time, which yeah. I didn't intentionally start tummy time for months probably. Like she was on me and like would lay on my stomach, which would kind of count as tummy time. It does like, because in the first month you or until they can lift their head on their own, I've heard you don't want to put baby on a mat. You never want to leave them unsupervised, but you don't want them down on the floor until they can lift their head on their own. So for the first... I don't know when they left their head, like a month ish. You you just do it on your chest and you lay back and yeah. So you were you were doing it right. You just I, yeah. yeah. It just when you look online, you're like, I need to do tummy time, and it gets really stressful. But just allowing time for them to actually be on the ground and learn how their neck moves and like learning where their arms placements are and their legs and for sure. So yeah, tummy time, just starting it as soon as you can is an important one. Mm-hmm. And then another one as they get older is like just unrestricted floor time. So just having them on the floor, mm-hmm. either on their tummy or even just on their back. You can put them under one of those little, um, like the play mats. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know what the real name is. Yeah, the play, play mat, mat with like little dangly The little gyms with the little things. At the beginning, yeah. they'll just kind of like look at them and then eventually they'll start kind of reaching. Yeah. And they just like lay there for the first bit. Yeah. But this is the like, them being unrestricted is really good for their development. They can just learn, try new things. For sure. Yeah. And then with that kind of goes like limiting the time in things like baby containers, like swings and bouncers and exercisers. We loved them. We used yes. them. You. I was going to say this. It like triggers me when people yes. say limit your time in containers because but that just stresses for me sure. out. And I'm like, no, you can use containers. You can just use, use them, them properly yes. and appropriately. There's time restrictions. Like the mm-hmm. Jolly Jumper has a time restriction of 15 minutes. 
listen to that. Like, there's a reason there's a time restriction. Make sure their head and neck is aligned properly. Like, don't just let them lay there with kinked necks in their containers. Like, as long as you're using it properly and you're giving them unrestricted floor time, yeah. that's what matters. The combo of the two is key because you yes. need, like, we love the baby bouncer in yes. the kitchen for the yeah. first, like, couple of months because otherwise I couldn't do anything and he loved it too because he's learning he's looking around he's watching things they could still reach like mine had a little like arm with dangly things so she was still looking and playing and she'd hit it so like she's still developing for sure and so containers aren't this terrible thing that people make them out to be just you do want to give them unrestricted like time that they have access to all of their limbs and can move as they want on the floor do a little bit of a little bit of b yeah you need yeah you need yeah. the combo. Um, another thing we did a lot was watching or following on Instagram. Yes. Professionals in this area. So pediatric OTs, like occupational yes. therapists and PTs, yep. physios, um, following those accounts for yeah. ideas. Some of them are very like judgy Judy. Yes. And those ones unfollow. Yes, but some totally. of them are so helpful. They're like, these are things you can do that are also playtime. Yes. But good for their development. So like I learned how to get them to encourage sitting. So like you put their legs wide, like make a wide base, put a toy in front of them. Yeah. And they like it because they like learning new skills, but yeah. they're not like you must do this for 20 minutes a day. It actually helped me because I felt like I would just be bored at bored, home with my yeah. baby. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Do we just stare at each other? Like I didn't know what to do with mm-hmm. my baby. And maybe that sounds funny. I, but mm-hmm. like they're potatoes. You don't we know what to do. We used to message each other like, what, what are you doing during this wake window? Because I, yeah. I'm out of ideas. Like, I've already read a book and they don't seem to care. Like, you know, like you run out of ideas. And so when you watch these videos, so it's A, it's good for them to learn new things. And they they explain normally the reason why you're doing these activities. But just doing these, it gives you ideas for new activities to do with your baby. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And and there's a ton Something of new. <laughs> ton of YouTube videos. There's a ton yeah. of Instagram videos uh, with great ideas. Great ideas for tummy time for different ways you can yeah. do it. Like you don't have to have them on the floor. You can actually carry them around in your arm. Yeah. And as long as they're on their tummy and they're having to work on their little neck muscles, that counts. So you it, there's propped on pillows. Yeah. Uh, along yeah on your knees too, yeah. like across your lap. Um, there's lots of other ways. And then that for way they're sure. touching you. And so some babies, it's more comfortable mm-hmm. for them because they're still close to you. Because um, if you just plop them on the floor and walk away. Some babies don't like that. We just have to do the butt pats. So we yes. put them across our lap or on the floor. And then as long as we were playing the bum drums, he then was okay. so happy. Yeah. But I learned that on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say, if you're following people that make you feel sad or funny or incompetent or not good enough, unfollow. Follow yes. the ones that make you feel good yes. and like inspire you and mm-hmm. make you feel like, oh, this is creative and fun. Yeah. For sure. Um, And you get into the next one here. Yeah. So the next one is actually going to a chiropractor or PT or an occupational therapist. Um, We started going because of like all the tongue ties. We started going to a chiropractor. I didn't even know that was a thing Mm -hmm. that you did with babies. Like it was something new that I had learned. And ones that specialize in infants. And ones that specialize in infant care. And for us to get your tongue tie revision done, you needed to work with a what did, how did they word it? It was like a body, a body work, a body work yeah. specialist in infants. And so we both went to the same place here in Maple Ridge, uh, Maple Ridge wellness. They were great. Saw Dr. Amanda. I think most of the time you also saw Dr. Amanda. Yeah, I've only seen yeah. her. Um, and she's great. And so they're also doula trained. Like they have a lot of extra training, not just their like infant chiropractic training. And so she would go over. And they're like, doctors, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she would go over like, okay, this is what Jordan's doing. Great. Like here are some things you can work on at home before I see you next. And it was just like little tips and tricks that we could try at home. They would show us. She would demonstrate it. They'd have different props and like different baby things there that they would show us how to use. And it was really good because they're super knowledgeable in this. Like they've studied this a lot. They see babies like several babies a day all mm-hmm. doing this. Um, and they just, 
yeah, they're educated and knowledgeable. It's it's they're and specialty. empowering. Yeah. I often would go and be feeling stressed that yeah. either like I'm not doing enough or he's not developing fast enough. And I would go and she would point out all of the things that were going well. Yes. And even when not there weren't ever concerns with him, but his head shape was like a little he was more flat on one side. I felt so much guilt and stress. And it was just because of he had tightness on one side and he slept facing one side all the time. Yeah. And I felt so guilty. And when we went, she was like, you're here, you're doing the right thing. It's early enough. We can work on this. Yep. Like this, these are some things you can do at home. And like mm-hmm. what she was doing there, like they don't do like um, adjustments and like the manipulation. It's just like soft tissue. They use little machines with the little... What's that thing? Like the Therapgun thing? It's like a Therapgun, but they don't even put it directly on the baby. They They put it on their arm and then they touch the baby. So there's little mini vibrations. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting. It's very gentle and they're so small. They just need little touch. And I've never gone and felt like worse about myself when I left. And sometimes I would go and be like, I'm not going to lie. I haven't done any of the activities that you suggested. And she's like, that's fine. And I always just felt really empowered. And also that like I'm doing something to help facilitate development and also just make sure like having somebody monitor him making sure that we're not missing anything because family doctors are great but they're also not specialists in infant like motor development yes um and then also if something did come up we already had that relationship with a healthcare Mm -hmm. professional that would either be able to refer us or help us so if it is accessible because it is expensive yes if you have coverage like we've had all of ours 100 percent coverage because henry is on both of our extended benefits plans. Yeah. So if you have coverage, actually look into it because yeah. you'll be surprised how much coverage you can have. Totally. Um, and then it's like, it's not free because you still, somebody's paying for it, but yes. it doesn't cost you anything. And yeah. It's really good, like as just a general rule, a general thought here is that when you have a baby to look into your actual dependent um, coverage, because I obviously it was our first child. I had zero idea what coverage we had. So I made a point of like looking at certain items and being like, okay, so like dental, like dental work. So we had to get the tongue tie and that's done by a dentist. And I didn't know what we had coverage Mm -hmm. for. And, you know, so actually looking and knowing what you have coverage for. Some people have lactation support. Mm -hmm. So if you have coverage through that, I mean, we already are pro on using lactation support, but especially I didn't have coverage. So I paid out of pocket. But if you have coverage, why not use it? Like some people have coverage on buying, um, uh, Pumping machines. Pumps, yeah. Pumps. And, and so those are expensive. Very expensive. So if you can get that covered. Like, Some people even have coverage oh. to hire sleep trainers yes. if they have a credential. So sometimes they're yes. occupational therapists or social workers or yes. nurses. And if you have coverage for any of that, yeah. you can actually get coverage for a sleep trainer yeah. if that's something Naturopaths you can do a lot yeah. of work with infant care, especially allergies. Yeah. And it's like we had coverage for naturopaths. So now we can go see her for this. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really good to know what coverage you actually have and if any of these kind of extras are covered because we have found them beneficial definitely and dr amanda and dr zara are the ones at maple ridge wellness but we've either had friends who've gone to other practitioners uh, not for Cairo, but for things like naturopathic medicine physio massage so if you're local and you want some recommendations send us a dm and we'll we'll help you out lots of people we know the the, people in the lower mainland i guess in general we know lots of really good places that you can go get good infant support yeah yeah and then maybe we'll get some of these people on the pod yeah we have some in the works so it's very exciting (laughs) So yeah, those are just a couple of the things that we kind of were doing to try to help our babies as much as we can. But at the end of the day, they're all going to do it at their own pace and you can't, you can't force them into doing anything. Mm-mm. Like you can practice all you want and they might not want to do it. Like Henry just loved laying there. Like he, he would love, he would just potato. sit and watch all the other babies like move it around mm-hmm. and he just loved it. He would just watch and he was so happy. He was totally content. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't fussing and he didn't need to be like. 
Like, he just wanted to watch. And he spent so much time on his play mat that then I started feeling stressed that I was letting him, like, play independently for too long. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not stimulating him enough. And I, yeah. And you know what? He was just a happy little boy. There's so much stress in motherhood already. Like, when you just... So much guilt. When you put so much stress into this, too, it just... It's not fun anymore. And it's so much fun to watch them learn new things. Jordan's just now figuring out, like, different... um, Different shapes. She's really into circular shapes now and putting circles in circles. I'm not really sure why. And, and textures is another thing. She's really mm-hmm. into So she goes around everywhere and like pets different things That's now. That's so fun. Does she like the little touch and feel books? Yeah. So she loves yeah. the touch and feel books. We have some cards from Love Everly. And she also just like will go and just like touch different fabrics and different. And it's just so cool That's watching. Fun. I mean, we did zero things to work on this. She just. Something she likes. She just found out and now she's really interested. And it's just. That's so fun. It's fun to watch it. So when you try to like take a step back and just watch and love and appreciate your baby, it it makes it a bit more enjoyable. Definitely way more fun. Um, so with that, let's talk about our experiences. So yeah. Jen, tell us about your experience with milestones and what you felt and how. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I stressed about it because I stress about a lot of things. Why not? But it helps. Like we do. had a good mom group and that I never felt judged for anything. I never felt like we were playing the comparison game. Like we would genuinely ask out of curiosity and just interest. Like, how is Henry doing? Has he moved yet? Like, have we seen Mm -hmm. any movement? He's still loving it. Great. Like as long as he's happy, as long as they're growing, like those are the important things. And so we had a lot of support, which was good, but Jordan was kind of on the early side for a lot of the gross motor development. So I didn't have to like, I never had too much like waiting time where I was like, oh, she's supposed to be doing this and she's not because she did all these things fairly early. She got her teeth really early. Like, you know, she was on the earlier side. Um, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. We teethed very early and it was terrible. Like, I I don't know. I don't know when a good time is for them to teeth. But never. It is awful. Like, like, why can't they just get dentures? <laughs> it is just awful. <laughs> um, anyway, so... That was, I didn't have, like, I can't really say that I stressed too much about it because it just was happening. I think you still found things to stress about. I I mean, I did because I'm (laughs) I'm finding a lot more now that I'm stressing Mm -hmm. about. I'm like, okay, she's doing the big things, but like the waving and clapping, I'm like, she just doesn't want to do it. Like Mm -hmm. I've worked on it every day for a long time. My husband's been working on it for weeks now, clapping and just. And she's like, mom, buzz off. I'll clap. She watches us. She loves it when I do it with the stuffed animals, but like. She's done it twice where she's brought her hands together. And I'm I'm just trying to, like, let go of my worry and be like, she's going to do that at her own time. Like, who cares if she doesn't like clapping yet? I've met other kids who are over a year old that they don't clap either. Like, for sure. They're just going to develop it at their own time. So I'm kind of stressing more now than I used to do at the beginning. Um, but again, I think just having a really important, an important aspect is having a supportive, understanding group of friends that... Even if your baby is last to do something, there's no judgment, no shame. You're still comfortable hanging out with them. Like it was just one of those things that got me through all of these milestone things. And it also never ends. There's milestones forever for your children. Literally there's, forever. It never ends. So you may as well find a good group of friends now because it can help you support you and stop you when you're freaking out. Like we have to do a lot of that too in our group yep. that we're like, okay, there's no need to worry. Like you can bring it up to your doctor if you have concerns, but we don't think, you know, X, Y, and Z is that's fine. Your baby's happy. They're gaining weight. They are hitting milestones. Like, I think you're okay. And we have had to remind each other that a lot of times. So I do find it stressful, but, um, yeah, I just found a lot of support in our friendship group and that was good. Definitely. 
good good gals we got. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was going to say Henry hit some of his milestones kind of on the earlier side, like teething. Yeah. He also, like he didn't, well, he did get them pretty early. I think he was around five-ish months when he got his first few teeth. And then all of a sudden he just had like 1,700 teeth come in yes, at once. because why not? It's fun. Porque no. Yeah. Um, but then some of his motor milestones, he was actually on the later side. And I stressed a lot. I Googled so many times, like, what if my baby never rolls? There was one time I was like furiously on my phone and my husband's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm reading about how Henry has CP, like cerebral palsy. And he's like, dude, like he doesn't. And I was like, I know, but he does. And I'm like, and I was like being, I legitimately convinced myself like he's almost seven months old. He's not rolling. There's something like I'm using air quotes wrong. And I mean, if he did, he, we would We'd love him the same no matter what. Totally. And then he started rolling and at seven months, which actually is like later. And then he started crawling at eight months and he has not stopped moving since. He is a lunatic now. So it just shows that like I didn't need to yeah. stress about it, but I did. I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like I let him have too much like floor time without like me trying to get him to roll. Mm-hmm. It was all too much. Um, funny enough, I went to go see Dr. Amanda and I was like, he's still not rolling. And she gave me a few things that I could do to work on it with him. And within like a day he was rolling all the time. Yeah. Um, so the, the support there definitely helped. Yeah. Um, and then like we talked about how he was a potato at first it was like cute and funny. And then all of a sudden I started stressing like, Oh my God, he's going to be a late bloomer. Especially since I was very early on the motor development as a baby. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was running at eight and a half months and he's not even like, I, I let myself feel like, like shame and feeling judged and like stressed about it when like there was no reason to. Yeah. Um, and nobody made me feel that way. It was all just myself. I just stressed a lot that something was wrong and like nothing is wrong. Yeah. So we, we've been there. We find things to stress about for no reason. Yeah. Even if your baby's we, early, you find yes. things to stress about. Even if your baby's late, like it's definitely you're gonna stress no matter what. For sure. So try to get you yourself a good support group. That, I honestly, I think that's one of the keys, like good support persons and your friends and like in chiropractic care, your family doctor, a naturopath, an OT, like someone that's in your corner that can help you and talk you through some of these things, some of your fears and worries. It really does and make And somebody a to tell you like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> They're fine. Chill the F out. Just I think like, that's, take a step back and. That was Jeff's response when I was like, I'm in the hole Googling. He's like, dude, chill. Like actually chill. Like yeah. you're, and I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. We're fine. Um, so in conclusion, milestones, are they really important? I mean, to a very small degree, I think yeah. they are because you just want them to be growing. Like yeah. as long as they are growing and developing, that's yeah. what's important. Does the timelines really matter? Nah. I and mean, like, your doctor's going to tell you if they're super concerned about something. Definitely. And then that's when you can actually not worry, but that's when you can start to be like, okay, get what support. can we do? Get the support. What do we need to do from here on out? Like, you know, what For are the sure. next steps? But because even would, if they're not hitting the milestones and they're not growing and they do have a delay, like that's okay too. Yeah. We kind of need to change our mindset that like being delayed is bad. It, yeah. It's just a thing. Some babies are delayed and yeah, I don't know. It Like I said, it's all rooted in ableism. And it is getting better. And we have this conversation for other topics and other things and yeah, we don't want to get into the it The world today, our babies that are going to grow up in yes. is going to be very different than the world that we all grew up in. And I love It is I much more understanding. That. You, I love it that. It is much more okay to be unique different. and to be yourself yeah. and to be different. And that is freaking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that is so great. That. You can actually be yourself with all your quirks and weird things and, like, and be it and own it. And people will love you for that. And for that sure. is pretty awesome that our kids get to grow up with that. Definitely. So, We're happy about that. Yeah. So, obsessing 
tracking, being obsessed and yeah. hyper focusing on the milestones, it doesn't. Not it does. It's not helpful. Yeah. And in the end, it's actually quite uncommon for babies to have true developmental delays. So the amount of time that we both stressed about yeah. things. It's just looking back, I'm like, oh man, I could have used that time. There was time. all these other stresses in my life. I Why know. did I stress about that? I could have spent that time eating cookies. Oh, yeah. um, and like Jen said earlier, the comparison game with milestones, like it doesn't end. So never, like it will never end. There's so many in the first year because they like have such like a quick developmental year. But mm-hmm. then there's things like potty training. And then when they get older and they're in sports and activities and theater oh, yeah. and dance and then grades and then getting into college and like when are your babies having babies? And it's honestly it never ends. And yeah. I just hope what ends is like the need in our society to compare and like be better yes. air quotes than other people. And like we said, the world's changing. It is, it is getting better. I think slowly it's getting there. So definitely. Yeah. So I think that brings us to our mom day mantra. mantra. I want you yeah. to say it today. Okay. So today's mom day mantra is you can't stress your baby into meeting milestones, but you can stress away the joy of motherhood. So really, you're not going to, you can't stress and just make your baby and force them to do something. Mm -mm. And all you're going to do with that stress is take away all the fun parts of motherhood and that joy and that just like overall just good feelings about when they can learn certain things. And when you're stressing about it so much, it just doesn't, it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. And you might even miss things because of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Jeff and I actually missed Henry's first bite of food because we were arguing about where, if, whether we should put the food on the table or hold it or put it in a bowl or a plate and yeah. then all of a sudden we look and he's just eating. And we're like, cool, we didn't we didn't watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful times. So yeah, yeah don't enjoy. It go, this literally goes for anything. It goes for feeding. It goes for sleeping. Yes. And yeah. man, I wish there was like a button, like an easy button to just like take away stress. I know. Yeah, no, there isn't one. And I think, and everyone says, like my mom says, like, yeah, stress never goes away. You're always gonna stress about your kids. Yes. Like it never actually gets easier, but I hope that you can find some tips and tricks and like things to make it a bit easier. And to manage that stress yeah. and yes. feel it less, like less, like ugh, less heartburn. Yes. Yeah. That's More belly laughs. That's the goal. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So that's okay. it for today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Join us on Instagram. We yeah. are posting lots of good reels and leave us a review. We like, honestly, we say this every week, but it really helps us. If you yeah. either leave a review, you can just hit the stars give us five well give us whatever you think we deserve but hit the stars whatever subscribe to our channel it all really really helps we want to meet more mamas and parents out there so yeah let's do it and we'll see you next week all right happy mom day bye